0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello Church, how are you going? We've got Freedom Day coming to New South Wales tomorrow and I'm certainly looking forward to being able to see some of you in the flesh over the coming months. I've really struggled with lockdown. Uh, It's been pretty hard with with Zoom fatigue. I don't know about you and maybe the work that you're doing and and the life that you have, um, but I've been doing up to seven Zooms a day, uh, and and certainly being able to connect with people one-on-one and and in-person is something that I'm really looking forward to. But I've got one concern about Freedom Day and some of the messages that we're hearing from uh, New South Wales Health is that eventually, we're gonna get rid of these. We're not going to be walking around wearing masks, so the thought of going back to life without wearing a mask is scaring me a little bit, because I like to silently mouth insults at people, and I've been doing that for months, uh, so I'm not sure if I can stop. Anyway, um, we are starting a new series. It's called A Faith That Works When Life Doesn't, based on the book of James, And in James, it talks about a lot of uh, authentic, action-based faith steps that we can take when we're enduring trials. Um, The book of James was written to people who are experiencing stress, just like many of us have been, and even some of the after effects of that when we do come out of these lockdowns and these um, uh, oppressive times. So James is a relevant book for the season we find ourselves in right now. And as we go through the series, just to let you know, we're not going to be taking an expository approach through the book of James. The preaching team will be grabbing sections that speak to them. Um, So if you're a linear thinker, uh, this series that's designed to minimize stress may actually heighten it for you, and we apologize up front. But we are hoping to bring you uh, encouragement and maybe even some positive challenges from the Word of God. And if you don't own a Bible, if you want to reach out to us either in the chat or touch base with the office, we will show you how you can download a digital Bible to your phone or your iPad or uh, any other device, or we can get a hard copy one to you, because this thing is the basis of what we think and what we believe. All right, the verse that sets this series up, it comes from James 1, verses 2 and 3, and I'll read it to you from the message. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. A little bit of a sobering message at the end there. But often God uses what is happening right now in our lives to test our faith, to to prod and to poke at us, to see what comes out, to expose what might be on, on the inside of us. And with the world currently in chaos, you know, there's division, there's splintering, uh, there's friction, even in the body of Christ, uh, we can choose to listen to the world around us, or we can choose to listen to the voice of God. So our heart for this series is to help you form a a Bible-based, faith-based worldview when everything's going crazy around you. Um, I know for myself, I've been watching the news too much. I've been watching uh, uh, social media too much, I've been go- going down those rabbit holes and, and I've been finding it oppressive, I've been finding the torment of seeing the conflict and, and you know, I've been watching Facebook too much when really I should be getting my face more into this book. Uh, see what I did there? Yeah, anyway, okay. Um, so, thanks for laughing, Ethan, in the tech test. Um, our first theme for the series today, I'm going to kick off with a faith that handles delays patiently from James 5 verses 7 to 9 and even though we are heading out of lockdown soon our patience has been tested and for many of us our patient thresholds uh, are low We're, we're fatigued so let's have a read of this passage from James chapter 5 verses 7 to 9 be patient then brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains you too be patient and stand firm because the lord's coming is near don't grumble against one another brothers and sisters try not to start flame wars on social media or you'll be judged the judge is standing at the door Learning to wait patiently is one of the most difficult lessons in life. It's it's a mark of maturity in people to be able to wait because we live in an instant culture. We microwave everything and we complain about waiting for 30 seconds. We don't like to be delayed. We hate to wait. And James is showing us here how to start developing patience when things take longer than we think they ought to take because waiting patiently is an act of faith waiting patiently is displaying your belief in God we read about the farmer in the passage there's no such thing as an overnight crop it just doesn't happen farmers have to wait their success their livelihood is totally based on waiting well they toil they they till the soil they plant the seed they water the seed they remove the weeds they prune all the dead growth the dead wood And then eventually they get a harvest but it's complicated because farming has lots of uncontrollable measures lots of uncontrollable factors the weather um, the economy the price that they can trade and barter for at the moment the pandemic is actually causing havoc in agriculture Um, i've got a friend that i work with outside of church and his family is from a sugarcane farming background in central new south wales and his family are worried they're all under anxiety even though Queensland is essentially COVID-free, they can't get workers. They can't get people to come in and process their harvest. And he said this to me. He said, to worry about something is to try and control it. And impatience is often related to wanting to be in control. (laughs) And the two main emotions that people will display or, or, or manifest when you encounter uncertainty or the loss of control is either anxiety or anger. And if you're like me, you've seen it, not only in yourself, but in other people, even even people that you don't expect to see it from. Like I'm, put a card on the table, I'm carrying a, a baseline level of anxiety that I haven't had before, it's gnawing at me, probably because of the inputs that I'm letting in, but also my response to not being in control is to get anxious, that's what I do. Um, So, you're seeing this, you're probably seeing this from a lot of the people around you, no one from Macquarie, of course, we are all very level-headed and mature, we're all the most Christ-like, we're the most Christ-like church in Australia. Anyway, if you read the New Testament, in the Greek, when you encounter the word patience, more often than not, you're reading the word macrothumos. Macro meaning long and thumos meaning heat. It's where we get the word thermometer from, something that measures heat, thumos. So the biblical definition of patience from the original language is that it means it takes a long time for you to get hot. It takes an extended period of time for you to fire up. You don't blow up. You've got a long fuse. You don't get overheated with people who don't agree with you. You don't blow up when a circumstance is out of control. You can, even on the anxiety side of things, you resist spiraling down into a hot mess or getting into a complete tiz with stress and anxiety. And if you want to be a success in the people business, patience helps. Learning to be patient, learning not to heat up too quickly, learning not to rush into the fray and smash out that message on the keyboard, enter, 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 while you crack the key, patience can save you. If you want to be a good husband, if you want to be a good wife, if you want to be a good parent, if you want to be a good friend, don't get overheated. Have a longer fuse and patience can help. In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, It says this love is patient macro thumos a long fuse it takes a while to get raging hot and let's have a read of galatians 6 verse 9 i'm going to read it to you from the living bible let us not get tired of doing what is right for after a while we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up sometimes the outworking of God's will takes a while and it can be frustrating Um, but know this delay is not denial and I've seen this happen a bit a blessing that comes too soon can sometimes not be a blessing at all (laughs) because many of us are in a hurry and while we're waiting while we are lingering in that after a while season god is at work god is at work behind the scenes god is moving it says that he works all things together for the good of those who are in christ jesus whatever is happening for you whether it's lockdown related whether it's a consequence of COVID, or whether it's just life god is at work all right how should we wait patiently what does What does waiting well look like? Well, if we think about the farmer back in the passage in James, we should wait expectantly. The the farmer is getting ready for the harvest. He knows it's coming and he's working on the environments that bring it about. In Psalm 130, verse 5, it says this I wait expectantly, trusting God to help because he has promised to help. God's on the case. God is at work. What have you been waiting for God to do? Do you want him to change and restore your marriage? Do you want him to heal a hurt? Do you want him to redeem a financial situation, a business situation? Do you want him to open a door for your future, your calling, your purpose? Do you want him to reach a loved one who is far away? Are you confident that he can do it? Do you have the faith to know that he is at work? And are you not only just believing in faith but also acting in faith for that outcome are you tilling the soil watering the seed pruning the weeds and preparing i want to go on a little tangent about expecting there is an enormous significant eternal difference between having expectations of god and living with expectancy expectations versus expectancy they sound the same they're dramatically different we've all been a place where uh, we're looking forward to something planning for something expecting something to happen in a certain way and then it either doesn't happen or it doesn't happen in the way that we want it to take place and it leaves us with disappointment it leaves us with frustration it leaves us with um, anger or anxiety like we talked about before and it's this empty feeling because what you were expecting is now left wanting. And I hate that feeling. I can't stand it. It does my head in. But it's hard not to have expectations. And we hold them subconsciously. We don't even really know often that we have these expectations until they're either met or more likely unmet. We need to be careful of living continually out of expectations. Rather, We should live with a spirit of expectancy. Expectations versus expectancy, they sound the same but they are different. Expectations stem from our own thoughts, our own definitions of outcomes, our own consideration of what success looks like, our own ideas, our own timelines, our own plans of what God should do and how he should do it. And quite often an expectation is actually just a need for control. Uh, Specific expectations lead to disappointment. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've done it. Frustration, exhaustion, disillusionment, resentment towards other people, resentment towards God himself, shaking my fist at the sky because I didn't get what I was expecting. He's denied me. He's misled me. God has withheld that which I thought was on its way. And I get ticked off with the very one who is working all things out for my good. But having a spirit of expectancy instead, these are expectations without definitions. Expectations without timelines, without demand, without a warrant. And it's where we put our plans on the altar. It's where we surrender our goals, dreams, desires, expectations, standards, timelines... At the foot of the cross we hold our hopes we hold our dreams in the presence of god and we trust what he is going to do and we allow (laughs) the almighty sovereign god (laughs) permission to do it in his way having a spirit of expectancy creates room for god to move can i encourage you change your expectations into expectancy Act on what God tells you to do and wait for Him to generate something incredible, even if it's different to what you expect. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, A quote from Oswald Chambers to finish that thought off. Keep your life so consistently in touch with God that His surprising power can break through at any point. Live in a constant state of expectancy and leave room for God to come in as He decides. You know, back to patience, uh, Isaiah 30 says this, in quietness and confidence will be a strength. If you read in Lamentations 3, it says, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. If you read in Micah 7 verse 7, it says, I will wait with confidence on God. To wait well is to wait with quietness and confidence. To wait well, forgive me, is to wait without complaint having this quiet confidence that God is in control, that nothing is bigger than Him. He is almighty. He is sovereign. He is bigger than COVID. And He rewards patience, if not in this life, in eternity. He rewards your patience. And sometimes, take this or leave this, sometimes... Not every time, but sometimes, the greatest step of faith you can take is to do nothing, is to rest, is to sit, is to simply believe. Isaiah 40, verse 31 those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. I know that for myself, for my family, for many people in the life of this beautiful church, we need new strength. And that comes from waiting that comes from resting that comes from settledness that comes from surrendering anxiety surrendering your anger and finding your confidence in him but if you're someone who can't sit still and sometimes i'm that person i want to talk about getting ready while you wait maybe the season of rest is over and it's time to move Uh, because sometimes we think waiting Is a non activity. It's not profitable. We think that waiting is pressing pause and that sitting quietly, sitting confidently in God's presence means that everything comes to a grinding halt. That's not always necessarily true. Uh, Waiting can be a blessing. Some of the things we're waiting for now are actually being prepared. And I know for me, in some of the things I've had over the course of my years, If I I wasn't made to wait, I wouldn't have been able to receive the things that God had in place for me. All right, let's have a big chunk of scripture right here. Matthew 25, verses 1 to 10. I'm reading from the NIV. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep, all of them. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps, they cut the wicks down. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, said the wise ones. There may not be enough for both us and you instead go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves but while they were on their way to buy the oil the bridegroom arrived the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut I want to give you some context to this passage that will bring patience to life and I need to give credit to Pastor Grant Hoyle from Glow Church uh, who's done the research here. So none of this is me, it's him. I'll throw my own bits in as well, but Grant Hoyle, um, very, very bright. Uh, the father of the groom, in, in the weddings in, in, in Old Testament, New Testament Israel, the father of the groom would negotiate what was known at the time as the bride's price with the bride's family at their home. It was kind of the feminine equivalent of uh, paying a dowry. And when the, when the price for the bride was settled, the bride and the groom, and the nine other virgins would walk through the streets of the town carrying their lamps to the groom's family home where the wedding celebrations, or the feast, the party would begin. And this party would go for days. The lamps that were fueled by the oil would light up the path for the wedding party to travel to the feast. And quite often, the party was travelling at night because of the time for the negotiation for the bride's price uh, no one could predict how long the negotiation for the bride's price would take if 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 the families came together quickly agreed on an amount the process could be done and dusted literally in minutes but if it was an underwhelming offer and you had to enter negotiations it could take hours and hours and go long into the night and bridal parties the virgins outside the, the, the house never knew how long they'd be waiting outside that house for a price to be agreed upon. And so the five wise versions in the passage took enough lamp oil to last if this thing dragged on deep into the wee small hours of the morning. But the unwise, the she'll be right, the scripture tell us that they didn't bring any oil. They were just keen to go and start smashing the lemon, lime and bitters. They didn't prepare and they got caught out. And for us, for me, we've all been at there at some point. Sometimes we underestimate how long we have to wait for God. How long it's going to take for Him to fulfill what He said He would do. Because if God said it, surely it's going to happen fast. If, if He can bang together the universe and everything in six days, then my promise, my ministry, my spouse, my prosperity, my breakthrough, my healing, it should be here tomorrow. And it can take a lot of energy to hope for a good thing. And delay can make us weary. Hope deferred can make the heart sick. I've seen it. I've experienced it. And it means sometimes that when the promise arrives, you tuck it out. And you're not in a position to receive the promise. And it can be a lack of preparedness that means we struggle to step into the fullness of what God has for us waiting isn't wasted when it's used to prepare Uh, the bridegroom in the the story was taking ages we read in verse 5 they all became drowsy not just the wise they all became drowsy they all fell asleep they all experienced weariness being tired being being worn out having times where you are just jolly over it hits us all even the most diligent, even the most spiritual, I've been there, I got married late, I got married about 10 years after most of my peers, all my friends that I grew up with in Tassie were married and churning out the kids and I was still single, it took me um, five, five good years to become a dad, some of the kids that I used to lead in youth group were parents and I was waiting and frustrated, I've gone through periods of being unemployed. I work for Centrelink now, but there was a season where I was on the other side of the desk. And that was infuriating. Um, When I graduated Bible college, I thought I would walk out the door into full-time ministry. That was 20 years ago. And it hasn't happened yet. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Please, learn from my experience. Have a plan for when God does eventually turn up. Prepare for that. What are you putting in place? What are the small things you can be doing now to prepare? How can you be trimming the wick of your lamp? How can you be staying in close contact with God? The the, the wise virgins in the passage trimmed their wicks down so that the, the, the flame was always in touch with the oil and it kept burning. What do you need to cut off so that you can stay close to your source? The fools were looking for outside help give us some of your oil we're out of oil you've got oil it'd be nice if you gave us oil no the wise versions no get your own jolly oil this is i found this pretty interesting in biblical times there were some cunning folks that would actually keep their ears to the ground and hear about the schedule of weddings that were coming up in a town or in a city and they would set up on those dates little stalls on the main thoroughfares of the city selling oil for double the price waiting well can save you preparing in your patience can save you and can set you up for what God has in store for you so hang on prepare well it could protect you your time is coming God is on the way and he is at work be ready for when he does move because in God's sovereignty get this, he can accelerate time and circumstance whenever and wherever he wants. He can pull us suddenly out of the bag at any point. And without wanting to sound threatening, be ready, be prepared. We're about to come out of lockdown and there are going to be some things that will accelerate and rush in growth. And I want to make sure that I'm part of that. You never too late for God you're never too late for his promises you're never too late for his grace you're never too late for his forgiveness you're never too old you're never too young you're never too inexperienced for him to come and move in your life and in your circumstances so what does preparation look like for you if we're going to have a faith that handles delays patiently what does that look like For some, it's scheduling out time for prayer and for getting in the Word of God. For some, it's committing to be in church every week, be that online or in person, staying close to the oil. For some, it's hesitating before you open your mouth, before you hit enter, before you send that email. For some, including myself, it's getting up out of that chair. Maybe it's doing something, putting something into action backing what you truly believe God has called you to. And maybe there are others watching online right now, and for you, the preparation is to say yes to God, to invite Him in, to turn towards God and head in His direction, to take on Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour and your friend. Or to use the lamp analogy, to have him as the oil that keeps you burning. To have him as the source of light and life that shows you the way to the party. And I want to pray for you, if that's you. I want to invite you to consider Jesus. I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know where you might need God to break through and move But there are hundreds and hundreds of people in the life of this church that have encountered Jesus and see him at work in our lives. And we have every confidence, this quiet confidence, that he is moving behind the scenes for each one of us. Isaiah 49, 23 says this, God says, No one who waits for my help will be disappointed. I can tell you, I've had to wait sometimes with God, but he's always come through. There are things in my life right now where I am waiting on God and the temptation is to go down the anxious path. Somehow he will come through. Somehow he will intervene and he is at work right now. And so maybe that's you, you want to become a Christian. You want to become someone who entrusts their life to the love of God. I want to pray for you. And I'd ask you to follow along in this prayer with me. There'll be a number that comes up on the screen in a minute. And we'll ask you to text the word New Start to that number. We'll, we'll get it here at the church. We'll contact. We won't intrude. We'll just see how we can help you in your first steps as a Christian or maybe in your journey back to being at one with God. If that's you, please text New Start through. We'd love to reach out, get you some resource, have a catch-up if you want. But let's pray, and if you want to, follow this one with me. Dear Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are, and I ask for your forgiveness for all of my sins. I ask for your peace where I am impatient, and I ask for your help where I need to feel in control. I acknowledge my need for you, and I ask you to be my Lord my saviour, my friend, and to be with me for all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that's you, text start. we'd love to reach out. Anyway, thank you, church. Please enjoy your freedom day. We might have a ceremony at one point where we burn all our masks here on the church property. Um, God bless you, we love you, and I look forward to seeing you in person because even though I'm two-dimensional at the best of times, there's some people out there I really need to hug. Bless your church. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit mccroylifechurch.com.au.